This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Did you know God takes your personal prosperity very seriously? Did you know He's designed a financial plan, especially for you, that guarantees amazing investment returns if you'll just follow His plan's guidelines? Did you know He's so serious about making it available that He actually invites you to simply try His plan and test Him to see if it works? Nowhere else in the Bible does He do this. Not surprisingly, though, many Christians chose not to believe His promises because it can involve their money, which some worship, and trusting God, which many just refuse to do. Yes, while his word clearly states that if you bring your tithes and offerings to the storehouse, he will bless you financially. It likewise declares that he will rebuke the devourer that ensures a prosperous life in all things, even beyond your finances. After having studied this message, tithes and offerings, God's prosperity plan, it's difficult not to wonder, why wouldn't everyone want to tithe. I can't get it out of my head that prosperity is definitely God's purpose for his church and for his people. I believe that with all of my heart. I know some people idolize poverty and, you know, and they've said stuff like that, but I just don't believe that poverty uh, could be attached to God in any way. Prosperity is definitely God's purpose for our lives. Now, you know, let me just kind of balance this out. It doesn't mean everyone's going to be you know, a quadrillionaire, you know. There are different levels of prosperity. And really your faith determines, your lifestyle determines, and also God's plan for your life determines what level of prosperity you're going you're gonna to get to. But whatever it is, when we're teaching about the subject of prosperity, um, we're not only talking about money, we're talking about the full spectrum of prosperity, Amen. touching every aspect of your life. Not only prospering financially, but prospering. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, prospering in your relationships and in all of these things. We're talking about favor coming upon your life. You know, that's part of prosperity. Protection, that's part of prosperity. So we're talking about the full spectrum of the word prosperity. So I don't want you to just get focused on one thing. But, but we are talking about money. Now, last week we talked, and let me just back up a little bit so bring everybody up to date. We started by ans- answering the very first question about prosperity, the very first part of what we were teaching. And the question was, why would God want a Christian to prosper? And we looked at all the verses and all the Bible references that that answer that question. Why would God want you to prosper? And, you know, he promised it to preach the gospel, um, you know, so that you can have greater influence in the world. That's why God would want to prosper you and me uh, as his children in this earth. So that was the first part of the teaching. The second part is how God will prosper. How does God prosper a believer? So we talked about the why, but now we've been talking about, last week we did, we Uh, we started last week. How does God prosper his children? Well, we talked last week about the tithe. Everybody say tithe. Tithe. What's a tithe? A tenth of what? Everything you've got. Boy, the amens got really weak, got really quiet, and now I got your attention. So 
we looked at uh, the tithe. We looked at the origin of the tithe, that the tithe predated the law, because very important to understand that, because some people say, well, I'm in the New Testament. The Old Testament law is out, went out with, you know, uh, when, the, when the new covenant came in, the old covenant went out. Well, tithing predated the, the law by 400 years. 400 years before the law ever came to be, tithing was already initiated. And the most significant part about tithing is that when we studied about Melchizedek, which is found in the book of Genesis and then found again and mentioned again, well, it's mentioned, he's mentioned a few times in the book of Psalms, but then he's mentioned, uh, Psalm 100, I think, or 101 he's mentioned, but then he's mentioned again in the book of Hebrews when Paul mentions and makes the contrast between Jesus, our high priest, and Melchizedek, the high priest, and Jesus came from the order of Melchizedek. And I say all that to say this simple thing, that I understand, we understand from what we study, that Melchizedek of the Old Testament was the appearance of Jesus to Abraham. And that what we learned in that is that when we bring our tithes, we put it in, bring it to a church, put it in the hands of a pastor. But what we learned is that we are bringing, bringing it physically to the, to the church or putting it in the hands of the pastor, but we're actually giving it to Jesus. Your tithe is going to the Lord. Now, what does God get? He doesn't get the money, but he gets the faith, the love, the trust, the commitment that, that is behind that tithe. So we have to understand that tithing is not to, in the Old Testament, it was to a priest. Today, Jesus is your priest. He's your high priest. So when we tithe, we're tithing to Jesus. And Jesus receives it. Here men receives tithes, but there he receives them. So he's receiving all the love, the faith, the commitment, the trust, and thus uh, that we talked about, uh, about tithing. So tithing is an important thing and you ought to study more about it. You ought to work your way to becoming a tither. If you can't just automatically become a tither because your finances maybe don't allow it right now, then you start with a small portion. And as God increases you, you work your way up to becoming a tither. We talked about all of the benefits that are attached to a tither. That God would open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you would not have room enough to contain it. He said to try him and test him to see if this was not so. He talked about rebuking the devourer. How many of you need the, the, would like to have the devourer rebuked in your life that comes to devour your money and devour you know, your stuff and your goods and eat away at, at, your, at your stuff? Well, he said he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So these are all of the principles that are attached to the principle of tithing or all the promises that are attached to the principle of tithing. So today I want to take it a little bit further and I want to talk about um, cultivating or the blessing, let's call it this, if we were going to give this a, a message, we'd say the blessing of giving, the overall blessing of giving. How many of you want to know about the blessing of giving? You see, because God would never ask you to do something if he didn't have a blessing attached to it. I've come to find out God, God is a blesser. He's not a curser. He doesn't just take, he gives. Because God is the greatest example. The Heavenly Father is the greatest example of a giver that you would ever see. I may remember the verse in John where he said, he, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have eternal life. So God, right from the onset, right from the beginning, shows us his heart, and it is a giver's heart. And God wants every one of his children to have the same kind of giving spirit about you. And you see, what holds people back a lot of times from the spirit of giving is the spirit of fear. The spirit of giving comes from God. The spirit of fear comes from the enemy. And the reason why you hold back from giving is because you're afraid of not having enough. And God wants to dispel that. And he does over and over and over again as you study the word of God that you can't outgive God. That's right. 
He says you give and he gives more. You, 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 you pour out, he pours more in. You release and he releases more into your life. Come on, somebody in this nice house say amen. amen. This is the promise of God. And it, it's amazing to me how many Christians don't enter into these promises. It's amazing to me how many people fight against this. And it would be the devil to try to fight against the spirit of giving because, you know, what well, we saw in, in, in Malachi where it talked about when you tithe, he's rebuked. So it would be wonderful for him to hold back your tithing because when you tithe, he gets rebuked. He doesn't want to be rebuked. So he perpetrates and sends out this idea that somehow, you know, not everybody has to do this. The preacher's only trying to get my money. It's just about money. It's just about money. It's just about money. I'm tired of hearing about money in church. Well, today we're going to look at a couple of chapters. Actually, we're going to go through two chapters and look at Paul and his exhortation or his exhorting the church at Corinth about giving. Paul actually wrote two chapters, what well, we broke into two chapters of his letter to 2 Corinthians and talked about giving and talked about it quite powerfully. So today what I want to do is I want to go over to 2 Corinthians and let's go over to chapter 8 and let's talk about some of these verses that are embedded in these two chapters that we have isolated over the years. And all we do is we know these few isolated verses, but we don't know all the setting around these verses. So let's do a little bit of Bible study today. Are you ready to study the Bible with me? All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And Paul says this, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of our God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So he's writing to the Corinthian church, telling them about this grace, which we're going to see in a minute, is giving. This grace of giving that was expressed through the churches of Macedonia. That in a great trial of affliction, so apparently they were going through something. Many of the people were going, how many of you were going through something? So in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Wow. So he's telling you here that a lot of the people to whom he's bragging about their giving were people who were in deep need. But yet, somehow, they were able to pull out from their deep need something to give that showed that they were very generous people because they didn't have it, but yet they found something to give into that offering. And Paul identifies it, and he says, you know what, I, I look at this and I say, there must have been some sort of supernatural thing that was taking place because this looks to me like a supernatural offering. People were excited about giving. We got to get that excitement back in the church. See, when we talk about giving, the very first thing is we, uh, you know, say it's time to take the offering and some people just hold on to their wallet. But Paul says that these people, even they didn't even have it. And yet, out of the abundance of their need, they came forth with a spirit of liberality or a spirit of generosity. Is everybody with me? Give me a better amen than that. So, he says, verse 3, For I bear witness that according to their ability, and yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, freely willing, in other words, this wasn't drudgery, the offering time was not a burden to them. Offering time wasn't, let's get this thing over with, that's all the church wants, that's all they want to do is take your money, 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 money. Let me tell you what, people that think like that, and you may think like that, and I don't mean to insult you, but I just have to tell the truth. People that think like that, really, money has become your God. 
And that's why you won't part with it. And that's why you won't give it to God. Because we sing these songs, you know, I give you my all and all, everything to you, oh God, you know. I surrender, I'll give you everything but my money. Because when we start talking about money, people start freaking out. And it would be the devil to, you know, spread that lie among God's people because God has blessings attached to giving. Blessings attached to your tithing. Blessing to your giving that's above your tithing. And the devil doesn't want you to enter into those realms of blessing. So thus, what happens uh, is that a lot of Christians just go in want, lack, and insufficiency. And they can't figure out why. And then they get ticked off at others who are prospering. Think about the, the mess that you're in if you think like that. Paul is, is saying this church in the Macedonians, he's telling the Corinthians, the Macedonians, they were in need. But yet somehow in their need, they found something to give. And they did it with a joyful and cheerful spirit. That's why I say, and let me just say it again. I've been saying it, but I'm going to say it again. You come to this church and you're not happy about your giving, put it back in your pocket and take it home. I don't want it. God doesn't want it. Your attitude behind your giving is so vitally important to the outcome of the harvest on that giving. Your attitude behind what you're bringing into the house of God is so important to the overall outcome of the harvest. If the attitude isn't right, the harvest is not going to be right. So I'd rather you not give it. Now, there'd be some pastors that would say, are you crazy telling people not to give? We're trying to get them to give. Well, to be honest with you, God will bring it from somewhere. You don't give, God will bring somebody else in that'll be a giver. From my first day in ministry in this church, from the very first beginning when we started this church to this day, I have never gone without a meal. I've never missed the bill. I've paid all my bills. I've eaten well. I've done everything I need to do. I trust the living God. So if you don't want to give, don't worry. Somebody else will give. You're the only one that's going to lose out because you're not entering in to the promises of God. Can I get a better amen than that? Thank you. All right. So he says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Now listen to this next word. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So he said they were imploring us to take their money. In other words, they were begging Paul to take their money. I wish I had a few of those people in my church. <laughs> begging Paul to take their money. Paul, we want, well, you see, they understood the principle. That, see, here, here's another thing. These folks were so on fire for God that they realized that it takes money to preach the gospel. And they got so ablaze in their heart for the things of God and for evangelism and spreading the gospel that they forced Paul to take this offering. Most of the time, it's the other way around. The preacher's got to force people to give. These people were forcing Paul. He's imploring us, imploring us with, with much urgency that we would receive the gift that they put together, that they received for the preaching of the gospel. Boy, they were passionate about God and passionate. About, and Paul is identifying it here. Paul is highlighting it. Paul is putting attention on it. He's telling the Corinthian church. He, he's talking to the Corinthian church about the Macedonians giving. Commending the Macedonians to the Corinthians about their giving. So let's keep reading. 
So it says in verse 5, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, see, you give yourself to the Lord, and then to us by the will of the Lord. So we, er, now listen to what Paul says, so we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. In other words, we sent Titus to you and exhorting him that he should get you to give the way the Macedonians are giving. And it says, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, ready? See that you abound in this grace as well. What's the grace? Giving. Everybody say giving. giving. Generosity. Say generosity. generosity. See, God wants you to be generous. God wants you to, to be a generous person because he's a generous God. So, so I like this because he said in verse 7 again, he says, just as you abound in growing in your faith, just as you are abound in, in speech and in knowledge and growing in the knowledge of God, in all diligence, in every aspect of your, your growth spiritually, and in your love for us, also, don't forget that you need to abound in this grace of generosity as well. So if you're a believer, God calls you to be generous. Paul says, just like you grow in faith, just like you grow in speech and in knowledge and all these things, that you abound, abound, that's a pretty strong word, abound in this grace as well, this grace of generosity. See, you don't hear this preached anywhere. They just tell you, you know, well, you, 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 know, you, you send $1,000 right now and God's going to give you all these blessings. Hogwash. Put your money back in your pocket. Get an attitude change. First of all, you don't give to get. You give because you love God. You give because you, you, listen, you give because you love the kingdom of God. You give because you want to see the message, the, the, the message of the, of, of the Lord. You want to see the word of God increase and grow and abound and be preached all over the place. That's why you want to see here. You want to see the kingdom built in this earth. That's why you give. That's why you give. Not because, now, the, the truth of the matter is that there is a blessing. Everybody say blessing, blessing. attached to your giving. So Paul says that you abound, you should also abound in this grace of giving. Verse 8. I speak not by commandment. In other words, he's not commanding them to give. God doesn't command you to give. You have free will in this matter. You can give or you don't have to give. It's up to you. Nobody should force you to give. God doesn't want forced giving. He wants giving that emanates from a heart that just loves him. He wants giving to emanate just from a heart that says, I want to bless the kingdom. I want to bless the church. I want to bless the people of God. He said, I don't tell you this by, I'm not commanding you to do this. I'm exhorting you and encouraging you and trying to tell you that you should do this. He said, I'm, I'm not speaking by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of the love by the diligence of others. In other words, I'm, I see it in others and I want to see it in you too. I see the diligence and the love in others and I want to see it in you too. And I'm just comparing the two and I'm saying, I want to see it. I see it here, but I don't see it here. I want to see it here as well. Then he inserts this verse that we've used, and many of you've been around this church, you've been a Christian, you know this verse, and you love this verse, and we actually used it a couple weeks ago. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's starting to encourage them. He's talking about giving. And he starts to give them like the very first promise that's attached to the giving. And he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, 
that you through his poverty might become rich. So he's saying, God wants to enrich you. God wants to increase you. He already has spiritually and he wants to increase you every other way. So he inserts that promise. That all has to do with giving. That has all to do with giving offerings and releasing into the kingdom of God. So verse 10, and he said, and in this, I give advice. I give advice. Now listen to the advice that Paul is giving. It is to your advantage, not only to be doing what you began. In other words, they, they obviously, from what we learn from this verse, is that they started out as givers. But somehow they ended up not doing it anymore. And boy, that sounds like a lot of people I know, a lot of, a lot of Christians that I have encountered in, in, my, in my time. That we start out doing it, but then we stop. We back up. We lose our zeal. We lose our focus. We lose that commitment. We lose that conviction that we had in our heart to be a giver, to be generous. And he says, I give you this advice. It is to your advantage. Notice he said it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage not only to be doing what you began by giving and were desiring to do a year ago. So apparently what happened a year ago, they were really on fire and zealous about giving, but something somehow started to wane in the giving. It started to go down. Sort of like what happens in the church. You know, you have a building drive, you have a radio drive, whatever. People make commitments, make pledges, and then they never fulfill them. Well, we're going to see how Paul dealt with this. So he says, verse 11, but now you must also complete the doing of it. So you were zealous, but somehow you, you, you kind of fell away from it. But now you must, be, you must complete the doing of it. Now that sounds like another verse in the New Testament. It said, be doers of the word and not just hearers only. You can't just have good intentions. You must have action and activity that backs up the conviction of your heart. Am I talking to anybody in this house? Am I just talking to me, right? So he said, now you must complete the doing of it. The doing of what? The doing of giving. The doing of being generous. Of fulfilling your commitment to the Lord. Apparently they made pledges that they weren't, they weren't fulfilling. Maybe they, they, maybe they made a commitment to be a tither and they did it for a while and they stopped. And Paul says... You must also complete the doing of it. Don't just start out and do it for a little bit. That's why I say you must be a consistent tither and a consistent giver if you want to see that kind of blessing that God talks about in his word coming back on your life. But now you must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may, may be a completion of what you, what you have. In other words, there was a desire, your heart was right, but now you've got to get back to being generous to the kingdom of God. You've got to be generous to the giving of offerings. You have to be generous. You have to be generous. A spirit of liberality in the house of God. This is what Paul is talking about. Dedicated two chapters to the, in the book of Corinthians or, or the whole, uh, just the whole of eight and good part of nine talking about giving. People come to church and say, oh, there he goes again talking about giving. He wants to get our money. That's all he wants to get. Well, Paul's talking about it. And he's being pretty hard on them saying, you made pledges last year and you, you haven't fulfilled yet. And you ought to do this. Don't just talk it. You ought to do it. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors